The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large-screen plasma high-def TVs, if the game you absolutely got to see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game, every game, live in high-def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. This is the Winter Circle Sports Grill Halftime Show. Ahead, Greg Pecco and Josh Kippel provide analysis, interviews, and recaps from all that is Marple Newtown Tigers football. Now, here's your host, Greg Pecco. And we welcome you in to the Winter Circle Halftime Show. I am Greg Pecco, along with Tigers Radio Network analyst Josh Tipple. And through one half of play, Upper Darby leads Marble Newtown 12 to nothing in what was a interesting first half from both sides of the football. One quick strikes from Upper Darby, slow-paced game from Marple Newtown side of the football. Uh, but before we get into that, let's take a look back at last week's game, some late-game heroics by the Tigers. Josh, explain it to us. Well... The Tigers came out on one of the first plays of the game that um, they they were on defense, and Samara Moot was able to pick up a fumble and run it all the way to the other end zone for a 40-yard touchdown run, and that started the game off very well for the Tigers. But right after that, uh, the other team was able to put two quick touchdowns on the board to make it 14-7. Um, right before the end of the half, Ryan White was able to put a touchdown in that tied the game at 14-14. And some, as you said, some late-game heroics from Ryan Duffy, who scored his first touchdown of the season. He was able to take the lead for the Tigers, and the Tigers were able to take away a victory. And you mentioned Duffy and White both last week had a touchdown for the Tigers. Ryan Duffy led the team with 115 yards on 21 carries. Ryan White followed him up with 54 yards on 9 carries. What did you make of their, their play last week? It was excellent. They were able to make some great runs. It was a hard-fought game back and forth on both sides of the ball. And I'm really glad the Tigers were able to pull out the win because they really deserved it. And sticking with the, the continual game plan from week to week, obviously a, about a 90 to 10% run-to-pass ratio for Marple Newtown. 182 yards rushing last week to Pencrest, 107. But more importantly, 21-14 final score for Marble Newtown. Uh, Kelly and Whiteside led the defense with tackles. What did you see out of the defense last week that's kind of carried over over the last three weeks of the season? Uh, the defense has looked great. The only problem that they face are pretty much all-star caliber running backs. I mean, they're able to plug the holes for the most part. It's just sometimes they aren't able to bring the ball carrier down on the first tackle. And once the ball carrier for the other team uh, that every uh, opponent the Tigers have faced is able to break a tackle, all he needs to do is break that one, and, and it ends up being a huge run. But when it's just short runs and they're able to get the blocks, the defense holds up very well. Certainly you mentioned r- running games for the rest of the Central League. Central League full of... Uh you know, many dynamic backs tonight. You're seeing a few of them with Amara Kamara and Corey Harrison running it. 
Upper Darby a little bit different, a more balanced style offense as we transition now into reviewing how this first half has gone for the Tigers. Little trouble, you know, they opened up the game with a uh, five-minute, 49-second yard drive, for, or, uh, excuse me, time second drive, uh, 44 yards, nine runs, one pass play for Marple Newtown, a penalty in there. Good start, stalled out in Upper Darby territory. Where do you think they got to kick it in motion here? Well, they've had two uh, false start penalties so far, and it didn't look like it killed their momentum at first, but the last time they got one, it seemed to stop them. Now, they're not having any problems taking the ball down the field because they're ending up in the red zone at the end of almost every drive. Even their last uh, possession right there before the end of the half, they were uh, in the red zone. But they're just not capitalizing. I don't know what it is. Uh, They went for a fourth down. On the first possession, they weren't able to convert. Uh, The second time, they got all the way down to the red zone, weren't able to convert on third down, and went for a kick. And unfortunately, Nicolardi uh, missed that kick. And then, like I said, right there towards the end of the half, they were able to get down in the red zone again, just ran out of time. And certainly you mentioned the the drives from Marple Newtown. They've been able to stop Upper Darby on three drives tonight. However, two quick scores for Upper Darby have been the difference. The the one was just a one-play, 65-plus yard drive for for Upper Darby that made it 6-0, missed extra point. And then the second drive there was two plays and almost 54 yards and an extra point missed again. That makes it 12-0. You see Harrison, you see Kamara, the two slashing backs. On those two plays, what you see, Josh? Well, as I mentioned before, it seems like the Marple Newtown defense is able to plug up the holes and stop the running back, but these guys that we're seeing in Kamara and Harrison are very strong runners, and they're able to break several tackles. Uh, the Tigers stop them on the line, they break through that. Then they get to the linebackers, and it's seems like all three of the linebackers are on on either uh, Kamara or Harrison, and they just can't bring them down, and once they get back to the secondary, the they just burn the safeties, and, and like you said, uh, on those two plays, you know, one was 54 yards for a touchdown, the other one was 65 yards for a touchdown, huge runs. Um, the good thing is the Tigers' defense are, are able to stop those uh, inside runs and plug up all the holes, but it like it's just sad to see that these running backs are just dominating and, and able to take them for such big scores. Certainly the, the two running plays there were, were sort of end around, off-tackle runs, got up into the second level, able to, able to break open and, and use their top speed and really kick it into gear and score the touchdown against Marple. However, on the Marple offensive side of the football, Ryan White, has run hard. He has run strong. He looks determined on these runs. The one was unbelievable. Almost down, able to keep his balance with one hand and pick it up and get an extra 10 yards on the play. Yeah, everything you mentioned, a hard runner, strong runner, that play where he looked like he was down, everybody in the stadium thought he was down. It was a NCAA or NFL type play where he kept his feet moving and he put his hand down on the ground. No knees touched. All the players from the upper Darby team thought that he was down and really there was only one tackler that could have brought him down and unfortunately he did but he was still able to break it about 30 yards after the play. And you mentioned upper Darby on that play looked as if okay it's over plays over and and if it wasn't for the one upper Darby guy paying attention it could be a 12-7 12-6 game at this point. Yeah definitely I mean they teach these kids to play to the whistle and that's definitely what Ryan White did on that play and the one player uh, for the Royals was able to do that but the other 10 were just sleeping and thought the play was already over. Now, towards the end of this half, as Marple Newtown's down, trying to come back, this whole half, we've seen a little bit more passing plays from Marple early in this game. 
do you feel that's the, basically because they're down 12 nothing, or as they get deeper into the Central League, they know they're going to have to use the pass more? Yeah, I think um, it's the latter, definitely, because the first couple of games, we've pretty much seen them go to the ground, go to the ground, go to the ground every time. But tonight, it seems to be more of a professionally run offense where they're mixing in some passes every now and then, and quarterback Jamie Ridinger actually took a hit and he was taken out of the game for a while, and Joe Vegzo had to come in and, and back him up at quarterback. But on the first play that Reidinger was able to come back in, he completed his first pass of the season down to Mac Gregory for about 30 yards, and that was an incredible pass. So it looks like they're definitely working on it in practice, and I hope to see them try more things like that because towards the end of the half they were throwing, and it seemed like they only had one receiver that they were going to throw to the whole time. Now, they did try a flea flicker, and that was incredible to see them bring that out of their bag of tricks and try that. So hopefully we can see more things like that. Yeah, certainly using a little more, you know, I guess, trickeration to, to use a cliche to get the passing game going. You mentioned that halfback pass at the very end of the, of the quarter there, and you kind of saw Upper Darby's defense biting a little bit earlier in the game on those end-around runs, and the coaching staff might be seeing that saying, hey, we might be able to take a shot especially as we head into the second half, because at the end of the first half, you see a play like that, and the defense is playing prevent. So hopefully in the second half, Marble Newtown can get that play and open it up a little bit. Uh, we should mention, though, that it is youth night here tonight at Marble Newtown, as several young kids playing flag football on the field at both ends right now. And next on the Winter Circle Halftime Show, we will recap uh, some of the statistics from this first half, and we also take a look at the Central League and how that is currently sitting after three weeks. For Josh, I'm Greg. Oh, oh man. man, the Philly Pretzel Factory has done it again. They took a Philly tradition and made it even better. Now you already know the Philly Pretzel Factory has the best soft pretzel. Well, now they're making a cheesesteak pretzel. That's right, a Philly cheesesteak on the inside, surrounded by those piping hot, fresh, chewy pretzels. This is as Philly as it gets. A cheesesteak and a pretzel? Incredible! How great are those guys over there? They've got their original pretzels, the cinnamon pretzels, the pretzel dogs, and the party trays. And now, the Philly cheese steak pretzel. Bring them for tailgating, watching a game with the boys, a barbecue, or even a kid's birthday party. Head over to the Philly Pretzel Factory for the all-new cheese steak pretzel. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, the Marines. This is the Tigers Radio Network, and you're listening to exclusive coverage of the Marple Newtown Tigers on www.marplenewtownfootball.com.
And we welcome you back to the Winter Circle Halftime Show, live from Harry Harvey Stadium, a jam-packed Harry Harvey Stadium, I might say, on Youth Night. As we mentioned in the break, there's a few youngsters playing out on the field right now from Marple Newtown's youth programs uh, around the area, playing a little flag football. First segment, we talked about the first half. We'll take a look at first half statistics at the moment. And Marble Newtown, 29 29 carries, 148 yards rushing, one for five on the passing plays, a couple yards on that one pass, or about 12 yards on the the one completion, I should say. And then on the upper derby side of the football, 10 carries, 182 yards, three for four passing, but zero total yards there. And first down, Marble Newtown has the edge 10 to five. Ryan Duffy leading rusher versus Amara Kamara. Differences, similarities between the two of them, Josh? I'm going to say that Duffy is another guy that keeps his feet moving all the time. As soon as he gets the ball, he can immediately see the holes open up, and he'll keep his feet going, and you can see him physically drag the other team's defensive line with him as he's going. On the other hand, Amara Kamara, he's just able to make ridiculous moves, sort of Reggie Bush-esque, as he hits the line, and he's able to fake out the Tigers' defenders. And certainly you, you do the math here. Ryan Duffy, seven rushes, 65 yards. Amara Kamara, four, four carries, 90 yards, nearly 25 yards a carry for Kamara. The leading receivers, Matt Gregory had the one catch for Marvel Newtown. He had 12 yards and, and a nice play that that was, kind of a rollout with the quarterback uh, and, and throws out to the corner there, able to get in zone coverage and, and make a nice catch. Corey Harrison has, the, has one reception and seven yards. Yeah, it looks like what the uh, Upper Darby Upper Darby Royals, excuse me, are doing is more of a pro style offense where they have several people going out. So the quarterback has many different options. They have sort of uh, an end, and they also have a flat, and they even have guys coming across the middle on the slant every time they throw the ball. Marple, on the other hand, they only have pretty much one guy that's going out, one flanker, and I don't know if the Royals are able to pick that up, And because every time they've thrown, except for the one completion to Gregory, it seems like they have five defenders around the Marple, tu- Marple Newtown offense. And before we take a look and delve into the Central League here, the Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association wants to remind you that for you can go for more information about the Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association, you can email Gil Mays at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net, or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com and as we mentioned you know the central league starting to shape out after three weeks coming into this game upper derby one and two rough start to the season however they're trying to turn it around get back to two and two back to 500 as they progress marple newtown at two and one looking to get to three and one certainly don't want to be two and two as we head in, in, into the upcoming matchups which are pretty tough for marple which include uh, conestoga and ridley yeah well unfortunately tonight marks the last game in a series of three home games here at harry harvey stadium for the tigers the next two games are going to be on the road. First, they go to Garnett Valley next week, who right now is 3-0 overall and 2-0 in the Central League, so that's probably going to be a tough conference. Then right after that, they go to another team that's also 2-0 in the Central League in Strathaven. Yeah, Strathaven, as you mentioned, Garnet Valley, uh, you know, correction there on, on the Conestoga 
Paul. Uh, Strathaven 2-1, and one, as you mentioned. Garnet Valley 3-0. and oh. Don't know the results of those games or where they stand at the moment. Uh, however, you look at you look at it right now, and Garnet Valley's 3-0. and oh. Ridley's on that next three-game schedule. They're 3-0. and oh. uh, Strathaven's 2-1, and one, as you mentioned. So right there, you're at 8-1 and one in the teams that you're facing. And those teams, if you look at tonight, Strathaven playing a, a, you know, a weak Haverford squad. Ridley playing a, a decent squad in Springfield, and Garnet Valley gets Radnor, which actually shapes out to be an interesting game with Radnor being 2-1 and one at the moment. Yep, definitely. Um, I don't know what's going to what's gonna happen uh, with the Central League. Anything can happen, really. Like, uh, last week, the Upper Darby Royals faced Lower Marion, and they just wiped them out 36 to nothing. And they really look like a powerhouse, but then they come here, and as Bob mentioned, that scoreboard is uh, really misleading. Being up 12 to nothing, uh, the Tigers have been right there with the Royals all night. Um, you know, and they've been able to force uh, two missed kicks following the touchdowns that the Royals have gotten. So they're putting pressure on the special teams. They're playing well on offense. They're playing well on defense, except for two huge runs by some big uh, running backs for the Royals. So I don't know. I think Marple Newtown's looking pretty well. Uh, they definitely need to put some serious effort in facing the tough opponent of Garnet Valley next week at home. So hopefully they can continue the success. And you mentioned their Upper Derby coming in, you know, trying to get their feet under them. They played Lower Marion last week, uh, 36 and nothing. Lower Marion's a squad that's 0-3 in the league right now. I believe their last two games they haven't scored a touchdown and they've they've allowed 30 plus points. So Upper Derby coming in here has a little momentum. Marble Newtown, you know, a tough win last week, but a game where they could really learn how to win late. And you could see that transfer into the, into tonight's game with it being 12 nothing going into the second half. Yeah, I think that's perfect what you said there. They're learning what to do in pressure situations when the clock's running down. Uh, as we were able to witness there in the end of the first half, you know, they, they were faced with less than a minute, I believe a minute and a half when they got the ball back. And they were able to still put it down close to the red zone or even into the red zone. And, you know, the first week, we don't need to talk about that because they blew away the <laughs> vanguards. Um, but the second week, the first game at home here, it looked like, they, I mean, they were definitely in the game the whole time, and it looked like they were, they could come back at the end. Uh, just some costly turnovers, you know, that didn't play out in the Tigers' favor. And last week, the same thing was going on where they stayed in the game the entire time. You know, it was tied at, at the uh, at the half, and then no points were even allowed in, in the third quarter. And then the Tigers were able to capitalize and put one in at the end of the fourth quarter with about two minutes to go, and they took away a victory. Certainly, as you mentioned, Lower Marion and, and last week, and, and as we move along here, not to get ahead of ourselves, but Garnet Valley next week, tough matchup for for Marple Newtown. However, not impossible. Garnet Valley's a squad that, that's been good. They've been in the state championship, state playoffs the last few years, but this year, kind of their rebuilding year. Going into that, if Marple gets their feet on themselves in the second half, it could really transfer into a really great week next week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, we've been able to see that the Tigers can fight and stay in the game against any opponent. So, going in, they know they're going to have to face a tough opponent in Garnet Valley, and I believe that they know what they have to do to prepare in this coming week, especially playing at Garnet Valley, you know, not being in front of this electrifying audience that we have here tonight at Harry Harvey Stadium. But I think they're definitely going to be able to fight and definitely make it a good game next week. So hopefully they can get a win at Garnet Valley and continue 
to make their record grow in the Central League. Certainly, as you mentioned, and, and we've talked about it, uh, and just to go over the Central League standings here, Garnet Valley and Ridley are stand at 3-0 and atop the league. Springfield, Strathaven, Conestogo, all two, uh, and Radnor, excuse me, 2-1. and one, or two and one. Radnor, 1-2. and two, Upper Darby, 1-2. Harriton, 1-2. Haverford, 1-2. And, and then Pencrest and Lower Marion, and Pencrest is a surprise there, being at 0-3 oh, at the bottom of the league. Talk, kind of looking and focusing on Pencrest. They were in here last week. Are they a team that just keeps falling just shy of that win, Josh? I think so. I mean, when you look at the backs that they had, they had some explosive work last week from their quarterback and from their running backs. You know, it was a very hard-fought game, and I think the Tigers did very well to be able to pull out that win. Um, Not to say that I was shocked that Marple Newtown won because I expect them to win all the time, but I was really surprised that Pencrest kind of let that ball, uh, you know, get out of their hands, you know, literally because they turned the ball over at some key points and the Tigers were able to capitalize. Certainly, as you mentioned there, Pencrest, as we just said, 0-3, you know, tough week last week. The Central League, you know, one of the tougher leagues, obviously the probably the toughest in Delaware County, if not, you know, the, the southeast region of Pennsylvania. A league that that has produced some playoff contenders in Garnet Valley and Ridley and Strathaven over the years. You know, we talk about Marple Newtown in, in this light. Are they a playoff contender? I definitely think so. I've mentioned that before. And with the momentum that they've got from last week, hopefully they can continue to put some great drives together and uh, march all the way through the Central League and into the playoffs. All right. Well, we thank you for listening to the Winter Circle Halftime Show. And be sure, sure to tune into the next home game against Ridley in two weeks uh, here at Harry Harvey Stadium. For Josh Kippel, I'm Greg Pecco. Bob Herbin and Dave Feldman have the call for the second half of tonight's game between Marple Newtown and Upper Darby. Next on the Tigers Radio Network. The The Winter Circle Sports Grill in Edgemont is for real sports fans only. With over 30 brand new wall-to-wall large screen plasma high-def TVs. If the game you absolutely gotta see is available, we'll have it. Every NFL game, every college football game, every Major League Baseball game, every hockey game. Every game live in high def. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If we don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Visit us online at wintercirclesportsgrill.com. Hey, Tiger fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia Pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly Pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr, or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. This is the Tigers Radio Network. From the press box, high atop the 50-yard line in Harry Harvey Stadium, back to call the second half of tonight's game, here's Josh Kippel, Dave Feldman, and the legend, Bob Herpin.
that Phil Collins and Greg Pecco and all, everybody else is a tough act to follow, but we have to follow it because we're through one half of play with Upper Darby leading Marple Newtown 12 to nothing in a game that is infinitely closer than the score would suggest, Dave. Oh yeah, well, there's a lot of good play, good drives by Marple Newtown, a couple of big runs, but they are unable to capitalize in a red zone. On the other side of the ball, however, Amara Kamara has a 64-yard touchdown, and Corey Harrison has a 50-yard, 54-yard touchdown. Both extra points were missed, as well as a mixed, missed field goal for Anthony Nicolardi down for Marple Newtown. But those plays for Upper Derby, I'd say, were really aberrations, not only for them, but for the entire contest, which has been played very close to the vest and very much on the ground. And it was basically two runs where you really have to tip your cap to the man holding the ball. Uh, it really wasn't any deficiencies on Marple Newtown's defense which allowed this to happen, as it was just pure athleticism on the part of the Upper Derby runners. Well, on both of the touchdowns for Upper Derby, they actually went under defenders from Marple Newtown, breaking tackles all the way to the end zone. We saw a lot of that on the Marple Newtown side of the ball as well, as Mario Diaguardi trying to bounce to the outside on a few plays, refuses to go down until he finally gets out of bounds in a few of them. Well, two trips deep inside Upper Derby territory for the Marple Newtown offense proved not to be fruitful in that first half. They come in with no points, including that Anthony Nicolardi's missed 26-yard field goal in the second quarter. It's kind of poison in the games like this because Upper Derby, you didn't know it at the time, they won the toss but elected to defend. Now up 12, they get the ball back to start the third quarter and basically have a chance to put... A nail in the coffin in this contest. Yeah, it's going to be a big struggle for Upper Newtown trying to stop Upper Darby here on this play, on this drive, however. Uh, I'm sorry, but on this drive. But um, Upper Newtown is going to try to find a way to get the ball back and try to gain some momentum at the end of this ball game like they've had in the previous weeks. Well, of course, that all depends on the, the focus and attention. Starting from Jamie Radinger under center, he had a costly fumble, which led to a score. And Mr. Duffy, White, and Diaguardi, who have shown breakout power at certain points in this first half, but not really that finishing power you want to see as they had in, in previous three weeks. Yeah, well, Ryan Duffy has a couple good plays today. Ryan White just refuses to go down every time he touches the ball. He just plows for as many yards as he can. And the same goes for Mario Diaguardi. And the running game actually is having not, not too bad of a game today from Marple Newtown, just trying to finish it when they get to the red zone. I would like to remind everybody it is 8.18 p.m. right now. It's got to be easily in 80 degrees with the humidity at least 50% because we are boiling up in this booth. can't imagine what it's like to have a, a helmet and about 20 pounds worth of pads being down there hit every play in close, close proximity. We are fighting it up here, and I'm sure they are fighting it down there as they had a, an eventual time, long timeout with a water break near the end of the first half. We are set to go. Kick is on the way. It is a squibber. Coming down to the 25-yard line, it is Mike Pastella. Gets across the 30, across the 35, but he's dragged down shy of the 40. Pascal yeah. was dragged down there by number 65, Chris Kirky, and he got downfield in a hurry. And was able to stop Pascal from getting any more yards, but pretty good field position for Upper Darby to start out the drive. Well, it's a full second-half examination for the Marple Newtown Tigers defense. This will be the first section of the test. First and ten for Upper Darby at its own 37-yard line to start. Fred Thorpe slapped to the near side. And John Townsend once again slapped to the far side. Two-man backfield, McGee 
in a shotgun formation as a handoff to Corey Harrison. He tries to get to the outside and fails, although he does pick up a couple. Yeah, Mario Diaguardi and Brian Kelly were both there on coverage for that play. He did pick up a couple of yards, but all around a good play for Marlboro Newtown on defense. Excellent job, of, like they have throughout this entire contest, sealing off all the outside lanes. Gain of three, second down and seven. Ball's now spotted to the near hash mark. Nicky strides confidently out of this huddle. Fred Thorpe split wide to the far side. And Townsend to the near side. But it is a handoff. Trying desperately to get some running yardage was Corey Harrison once again. He's closer to that first down marker, but it's going to be a third down and long for the Royals. Well, TJ Fight was able to do a great job on that play, getting to the ball carrier, and now it's going to be a third and pretty long for Upper Darby. TJ Fight, haven't heard his name tonight. I believe this is the first time we've called his number. I want to see more of that throughout this entire contest. He has tended to make an impact when he is around that football so far this season. Third and six, ball at the 41. Two wide receivers, shotgun formations. McGee is back. He throws it, and Harrison is drilled. Incomplete. If Harrison had a prayer of catching that, or a prayer of being alive if he caught it. Well, Harrison got, did get drilled there and almost intercepted by Mario Diaguardi. A nice play by Marple Newtown, forcing the fourth down. I can't help but wonder what McGee was trying to do, hanging out Harrison to dry right there. That's something you're taught not to do, is leave your receiver that vulnerable over the middle. There would be a punt on fourth and six. McGee, it is away. It is a high end-over-end kick. Let's see. Ryan White had it. Fumbled it. But it was on the turf. So since the ground cannot cause a fumble, Tigers are lucky to have possession because he White was murdered as soon as he hit that ball. Actually, it was, was that White or Joe Vexel? I can't tell. White. Yeah, it looked like Ryan White on that play, and Marby Cabot was down on coverage for Upper Darby, and it looks like there's well, an injured yep. Marpa Newtown player. That would have to be White because uh, Vexel got up off the pile, and uh, White has yet to get up. He's laying on the sideline on his back at the 30. Now you're trained for this throughout practices, but sometimes when you just, your concentration for that one split second is on the football. It just catches you off guard and after that it's just up to the up to your conditioning and uh, hopefully the other player is going to let up a little bit which might determine how okay you are. So we're just going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. There are those who dedicate themselves to a sense of honor, to a life of courage, and a commitment to something greater than themselves. They have always defended this nation and each other. They still do. The few, the proud, Back to Harry Harvey Stadium, 10-17 to go, third quarter. Ryan White finally up and being escorted off the field. As our executive producer, Jim Allsman, was uh, discussing, you know, during the break, White had a beat in that ball, but 
You have a guy really, you can see he's bearing down on you. Why not go for the fair catch and avoid harm? Because if, if harm does come to you with the hand in the air, that's going to be a penalty on the opposition to give you a better field position on a personal foul. This time White failed to do it, and he almost paid the penalty. So he will be out for this play. Joey Pham checks in. He's slotted to the near side now. Rodinger under center. And Duffy in the backfield. Matt Gregory in. In motion. Looks like Rodinger's all trying to audible at the line of scrimmage. It's a delayed handoff to Cimarramo. Across the 30, 35, 40, first down, 45. And he's rolled out of bounds. Well, good play action there by Marple Newtown. Reidinger was able to get rid of it quickly. And Mo took it to the far side, but he was finally taken out of bounds by Amara Kamara. Well, this is maybe one of those key second-half adjustments you have to make as Mo did not feature at all offensively in the first half. And there he goes for a big gain and a first down in his first carry of this contest. First and ten Tigers at the 45. 9.53 to go, third quarter. Joey Pham once again, slot to the near side. Two-man backfield. The give is to Duffy. He turns, he's up the up middle, across midfield. He's got the first down, and a little more. And once again, that was Mike Went on that play. He had a couple good, really good tackles last time. No, last what, you know, Dave, you can pump up all those numbers all you want, but if you're making the tackles 10, 15 yards downfield, it really doesn't help a whole heck of a lot. Again, generously bad spot by the officials because it appeared that there was spillage over that first down marker, but as it is, a nine-yard gain, second down and one for the Tigers in Royals territory very quickly here in the second half. And off the Duffy, he's hit the line of scrimmage, but he finally moves forward, moves the pile. And let's see, it looks like he got... Over that first down marker, but you never know with these uh, with these questionable spots sometimes. Yeah, Duffy just tried to drive through the middle, but he was met by Ira Etzweiler and was able to take him down. But we'll see not, what the spot is. Not before we have a favorable spot this time at the Royals 44, and that is a first down for the Tigers. So once again, the momentum. On the Tigers' side, let's see if they can up their, their finishing capacity throughout this contest. Mode is in motion. Rodinger's back. It is complete to Matt Gregory at the 28. Across the 25 to drag down shy of the 20. Another Tigers first down. Another successful pass for Rodinger. Well, they say in football the first pass to complete is the hardest for a quarterback in a season. Rodinger got that last half, and now he makes another great pass downfield, and Marple Newtown is in excellent position to get a score here. That's exactly the way you want to draw it up for Jamie Rodinger. Lead the guy enough. All Gregory had to do was turn to the ball. The ball was right there and back into the, into the coverage, and he was dragged down another five yards further. First and ten at the 23. Moat in his blocking back. Fan. Split to the wide side. Now comes to the near side. Gregory in motion. It looks like Gregory and Christian Whiteside both moved at the same time. Clear-cut case of false start, so they'll move it back five yards. Dead ball foul. Legal procedure on the offense. Repeat first down. 
Unfortunately, that was pretty much your uh, one of your more obvious motion penalties on the left side of the offensive line. So it'll be first and 15 for the 28. Now with 7.52 remaining, third quarter. 12-0 upper Derby leads, but the Tigers once again are driving. Gregory in motion. The lone back is Duffy. Ranger under center. He fakes the take himself up to Duffy, who spills his way across the 25, close to the original line of scrimmage. They tried to, they tried to uh, drive Duffy up the middle there, but Mike Went was there once again on coverage. That'll be a second and long for the Tigers. Gain of four, officially on the play. Billy Weaverling into the blocking back position. Ryan White split to the near side. Duffy and Diaguardi in the backfield. Fakes it to Duffy, gives it around the end to Ryan White, who's tripped. He was tripped up by Dave Lero behind the line of scrimmage, but there's a flag down. Holding on the offense. Don't like to see that. Because White basically was sprung except for another shoestring tackle but all for naught on the illegality of the hold. Holding, offense, 10-yard penalty, repeat second down. Second down and Edgemont for the Tigers' offense. Winner's circle. That is correct. We will be there at the winner's circle at the end of the season for the top 10 plays of the year, a celebration of the season that had just passed that is long way away. 6.53. Remaining third quarter, 12 nothing upper Derby. Tigers way back to the upper Derby 39. Second and 21. White in motion. It's a fumble on the snap. Who's got it? Somebody's got it. Look at it. It was Ridinger. And there's a little bit of nonsense after the play with the ball being ripped out and the upper Derby players just falling on it as if they found something. Now it looked like that might have been Mike Went once again on the fumble recovery for Upper Darby, and looks like he lost possession a little bit. And they didn't hear the referee blow the whistle, but the play was blown dead. And it's Upper Darby ball. And that was very confusing. There was no explicit signal who caught it, but. Here we go at the 41-yard line. McGee hands it off. Quinpe has got it. Desperately tries to get to the outside along the far sideline and cannot do it. He's dragged down at the 40. Maybe they can get him back to the line of scrimmage if he's lucky. Nope. Loss of one. And we see TJ fight on the tackle again downfield the second time. He's made a tackle in this game, and let's see if they make his presence known a little more in the second half. Winpee, first time you've heard his name in quite a while as the future back had been Corey Harrison for the last batch of plays. This clock goes under six minutes to play third quarter, 12-0 upper derby. They have the football once again. One wide receiver. As a little confusion on the handoff, it's a direct handoff to Kamara. He goes across the 40, but he's dragged down shy of the 45. It will be a third and long for the Royals. 
and Mario Diaguardi and Chris Kirking were both in on that tackle. Trying to make sure the upper derby doesn't get any big yardage here and trying to keep this game respectable as we move into the latter part of the game. So it's a gain of four. Ball is spotted at the 44-yard line. They need to get to Marple Newtown's 49. For a first down, the clock rapidly approaches five minutes to play. Here in the third quarter, Yvonne Thomas split to the near side. Harrison in motion. It's a shotgun and snap. McGee, he's got it. He's under a rush. It is complete to Harrison at the 45. He's got the first down and dragged down there. Good play by Joey Fan there, Dave, but unfortunately, a fresh set of downs for Upper Darby. Well, we see a few times Upper Darby come out in the shotgun, and Mike McGee took the pass back and was able to deliver it to the left side. And a pretty good game for Upper Darby in the first down. Thomas was the short decoy as he was there at the 50. But Harrison had his eyes, McGee's eyes, locked in all the way. So they give it to them at the 46 of Marble Newtown. Still first and 10, 442 to go in the third quarter. John Townsend, senior captain, wide out to the near side. It's a pitch in the backfield. He's got it to Camaro across the 45. He's up the middle, 40, 35, 30, and he's gone. 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, and he will waltz into the touchdown. Camaro. 46 yards out. 18 nothing upper derby. Well, Camaro, that's his second big touchdown game. Big touchdown play of the game. Last time he had a 64-yard touchdown run. Not much you can say about that. It was just pure afterburners. He was on completely untouched at the end zone. Cedar McGrady on for the extra point for Upper Derby. And now they break out of that set. It will be a two-point conversion. McGee with the pitch. But it may be off front. Let's see, there's a flag in the backfield thrown immediately as the ball was snapped. The conversion was not good. We'll see what the Zebras have to make of this. Legal motion. Hand in motion. Turned upfield too soon. Decline. So that all goes for nothing with 4.25 to go third quarter. On the chance of possession, it is 18-0 Upper Derby. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network on www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Tigers Radio Network is brought to you by Allstate. Are you in good hands? Call Allstate agent David Monroe today at 610-359-1244. The Marple Newtown Football Alumni Association. For more information about the Alumni Association, email them at mnfootballalumni at comcast.net or visit their link on our website at www.marplenewtownfootball.com. The Philly Pretzel Factory. Remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. The United States Marine Corps. The few, the proud, the Marines. The Winter Circle Sports Grill for real sports fans only. The Winter Circle Sports Grill is just around the corner in Edgemont, right in front of the Regal Cinemas on Westchester Pike. If they don't have your game live, no one does. The Winter Circle Sports Grill, for real sports fans only. Back to Harvey Stadium. 18-0 for Darby. And we have a squib kick. Fall on, but fumbled. Let's see if Newton has it back. Luckily kicked forward into the hands of Samara Moat. 
at the 32-yard line. So once again, averting disaster are the Tigers. And Dave, so far with 4.21 to go third quarter, it's been a game of opportunities, mostly missed. One team who is in the lead can finish but can't put the exclamation point on their success, and while the other team who is behind cannot finish. Well, we've seen some big plays by Marple Newtown, a lot of big drives downfield. But once they get inside the 30 and inside the 20, they're unable to get into the end zone, and that's something they're going to have to improve on in the fourth quarter and going forward the season. They do not have the eye of the Tiger tonight, Dave, that is for certain, but not for lack of effort. It's right into your under center, ball at the 33-yard line. He drops back, he rolls. He's under a rush, he's hit as he throws. It is tipped and intercepted. Intercepted, that's Corey Harrison coming up with it. He tipped it away from the receiver and then fell on it before it hit the ground, shy of midfield. So perhaps a little bit of desperation kicks in for Jamie Rodinger. He was rushed, got out of trouble once, but was unable to avoid it the second time and threw into double coverage. Well, we knew there was some concern about the passing game coming into the game, but uh, Ray Jonathan calling a lot of passes going, for, going forward here. And uh, that one was tipped up and intercepted by Corey Harrison. Nice play by him. Ball spotted at the 50-yard line with 4.10 to go. Third quarter, Upper Darby with the football once again. McGee under center. It's a delayed handoff to Winpy. And he goes nowhere. Probably jumped back for a loss. And he was obliterated on that play by T.J. Fight. Got into the backfield. And was able to make a big stop there. And Marple Newtown's going to have to make a few more of those big stops to get back into this ball game, get the offense back on the field. It's one of the rare times in this game we could say that uh, it was almost like they took the page right out of Upper Darby's playbook and were in the backfield before that play even started. Loss of two ball spotted back at the 48. John Townsend checks in, slot to the near side. Harrison in motion. There's a pitch in the inside to Kamara. He's dragged down shy of the 50, but there's a flag at the play at the point of the tackle. If the play stands, TJ Fight made another nice tackle there. It's on the offense. The legal motion didn't exactly catch who was the culprit. But it was probably similar to the failure on the two-point conversion as a man might have turned upfield. Legal motion, offense. So the Royals, despite having a sizable lead and in control of this contest, continues to shoot itself in the foot. Townsend once again checks in, slot to the near side. McGee this time in a shotgun formation. Sean Kahn there. He's in, but it's a dump-off pass to Yvonne Thomas. He gets across midfield, across to the 45, and he's close to the first down marker. It was second and 17. It's going to be third and short for Upper Derby. It was a quick pass there by Mike McGee. He got it out into the middle of the field. And Thompson was able to take it to the left side. And looks like Ryan White's back in the game. He made the tackle on that play. But the Royals are increasingly able to exploit everything underneath within the 5-10 to 10 yard range. 
and they're banking on him up. Newtown's inability relatively to not catch up to the ball carrier before he's able to catch it and get the yards after the catch. Third down and five, they're calling it from the 45-yard line of Marple Newtown. 2.27 to go, third quarter. McGee has it. It's a pitch around to end to Harrison. He's trying to get to the outside. Moat misses him. He gets to the 45, to the 40. He's got the first down. Still on his feet at the 35 and dragged down. Let's see. He appears to be still in bounds, maybe at the 30-yard line. We'll see if he didn't step out of bounds before that. But another first down regardless for the Royals moving the football here late in third. It looked like he was finally pushed out by Joey Fab after Samara Moat was unable to make the stop in the backfield. That's going to be a big first down here well, for Upper did, Darby. They did get him out of balance before he was dragged out. So the ball will be pushed back to the 35, now spotted on the far hash mark. First and 10 for the Royals. Fred Thorpe slot to the near side. Townsend, the wide out to the far side, but it is a handoff to Kamara. He bull rushes up the middle, and he does get to the 30, but no further. And Pete Finnegan was in on that stop, uh, as well as uh, Brian Kelly. Nice job at Marple Newtown defense, a very big tackle there, as there was not much of a game. And Josh Kippel, our intrepid engineer, and I just showed me a graphic. 85 degrees right now in Newtown Township. Blisteringly, unbelieving, unbelievably hot. It's not supposed to be like that. The end of September. Maybe down south somewhere, Florida, Alabama, but not in Pennsylvania. We certainly are fighting it up here. In the booth, handoff. Goes to Harrison. He's trying to feel his way towards the new sideline. They're going for the football. I don't know. They wrestled him down at the 30-yard line and almost was able to pry that football loose. Yeah, you're right. Ryan White went right for the football instead of the ball carrier. And he's a little frustrated. He was unable to pull it out. Nice job by holding on to the ball by the runner there for Upper Darby. Well, the best thing about that, though, is that, you know, okay, if you can't get the football, you're, you're pulling the guy in the direction you want to go, which is not downfield. So the best, best uh, of all scenarios is the ball does come out. And you got three guys right there willing to, to fall on it. Exactly. Third and four. Inside a minute to go, third quarter. Ball spotted at the Marple Newtown 29. Townsend once again slopped to the near side. McGee under center. He's got a handoff to Harrison on the delay. But he's driven backwards by Sorrell Moat. Gets the 30 and no further. So it'll be a fourth down. What will the Royals do here? Well, they sent Tom some emotion there. Then tomorrow, Moat was not fooled at all. He picked up on the ball carrier and made a big stop for no gain. Fourth and three. And we can assume that, you know, unless somehow Adam Fender has absconded with a upper derby uniform, they're not going to have a field goal kick here. As a matter of fact, they may let the final seconds of the third quarter check away as we're inside 10 to go. So they will be armed with an 18-point lead with the key fourth down play to come. We come to the end of the third quarter with the score. Upper Derby 18, Marple Newtown nothing. We'll be back with the start of the fourth quarter. You're listening to the Tigers Radio Network. Hey, hey Tiger, Tiger fans. fans, did you know that only the Philly Pretzel Factory can make the Philadelphia pretzel? That's because they have authentic, genuine quality of a Philly pretzel. They're always hot, always fresh, and always a great deal. When I go to the Philly Pretzel Factory, I know I'm eating the original Philly soft pretzel. Bring them to a sporting event, a work party, or just for a quick snack, and you can be sure that the Philly Pretzel Factory will deliver a pretzel of great taste and value. 
Stop in today at any of their locations, including Broomall, Springfield, Media, Folsom, and Bryn Mawr. Or visit their website, phillypretzelfactory.com, for a complete listing of locations in the Delaware Valley. And remember, if it's not from the Philly Pretzel Factory, it's not a real pretzel. <laughs> 